Welcome to What We Don't Talk About with Chris and Kara. And my name is Christopher Walton, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I am also a published author of the book, Navigating Your Mind, Achieving a Life of Peace, Joy, and Happiness, and I'm a professional speaker. Currently, I'm a mental health professional here in Southeast Idaho, and we are doing podcasts on the complications of being a human being in Southeast Idaho, mostly with uh, uh, kids who are going to Brigham Young University at Idaho. And my partner is... I'm Kara. I'm a student studying social work, and I plan to go on to get a master's degree and also become a licensed clinical social worker. You can find out more about us at eastidahotherapy.com, or if you want to know more information about my book, go to navigatingyourmind.com. Although we'll be covering topics that could be synonymous to therapy, we are not offering therapeutic advice in this podcast. Or counseling. Or counseling. If you do want counseling and you live in the East Idaho area, please call 208-403-0135 and we can get you connected with a good counselor to help you with any needs that you might have. Today on our podcast, we have a very special guest, Loki here. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We're so excited to have you. I'm super excited to be here. I love podcasts. Oh, good. (laughs) Loki has had a very interesting experience in going to BYU-Idaho and then getting kicked out. Is that right? Yes. Um, So we're here to talk a little bit about her experience and the things she went through and hear the story. So um, let's just get a little background. Where are you from? Are you from East Idaho? Yeah, I was born in Utah, mostly raised here in East Idaho. Um, so when you were looking to go to college, I'm assuming, was that always a goal of yours to just go to college? Yeah, it was. Um, the plan wasn't Brigham University, Idaho. Mm. I didn't want to be a cliche yeah. and go there. Um, it just ended up happening just because of school and I wanted to be close to my family. That makes sense. So so you grew up in Idaho Falls, you said? Yes. Okay. Um, and what did you want to do when you decided to go to college? Like what career path did you want to follow? Um, the beginning was special needs education. Um, my younger sister has autism. I grew up around that. Um, throughout school, I still did my generals just to figure things out. And at the point where I'm at now, dental assistant to dental hygienist is where I'm at. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yes. That's great. Did you, did you go to school here? You went to, what school did you go to in Idaho? I went to Idaho Falls High School. And what, did you graduate in seminary? Was seminary? No, I did not. Oh, you didn't go to seminary? No. So tell me a little more about that. Um, seminary in high school, I went all three years. My senior year, um, I didn't have enough credits, so I had to take one extra class plus seminary, so I had early morning seminary, and right. I lived across town. Um, I tried going, I want to say, three times at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I ended up not being able to. The situation we were in with my family, I didn't have a car. My mom was working. There was no one to dr- excuse me, drive me that early. And so I just ended up not going to seminary my senior year. So did they offer you? I know sometimes they offer like makeup work and did, yeah, that, did they do that? Yeah, that's how I got into BYU-Idaho. You have to go through seminary, graduate seminary. Right. Um, I spoke with my home bishop and he gave me a booklet and coursework to do. So it was a daily coursework, work, chapters to read, chapters to write down. And I'd go over with it with him every two weeks, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was life like living in your house as a kid? Um, growing up was, I don't know how deep I should go into this. How deep do you guys want how me deep, to go? However deep you'd want to go. Okay, um, growing up was actually really, really tough for me. Um, so my mom was married to my real dad. I'm trying to shorten this story. 
Um, they got divorced when I was very young. She met my stepdad here in Idaho, got married, had my younger siblings. Um, my dad didn't have a job most of my childhood. He tried having his own business, didn't work out. We were moving house to house every year. We can afford places. Um, but my dad, he was abusive emotionally and physically. He ended up leaving the family junior year of high school. This and is your stepdad? Yes. Okay. So he was basically my dad. He right. was my dad since I was three. Right. Yeah. Um, we tried going to church a lot, but it was more for the feeling my mom liked of going to church, but it was more when it came to home life, we weren't like, we would curse and my brother would drink and he would party and my dad obviously wasn't the best man. So my mom liked the idea of church, but it wasn't really brought into the home very often. Okay. So really then the reason you wanted to go to BYU-Idaho was just because it was close. Did you consider like east idaho college or i didn't consider the east idaho college i wanted to go to a university right um high school my grades weren't too good my junior year just because that was when my father left yeah um i wanted to go to byu idaho because it was cheap and it was close and i couldn't afford anywhere else if i'm being honest (laughs) yeah i think most kids that go to byu idaho i would say a big pull for them is the price. It's very inexpensive. It's very equal to like a community college, but it's a four-year university, which is very rare. Exactly. And they offered more classes that I could find in Mm -hmm. this area that was close. Yeah, that makes sense. So as as a percentage, what percentage would you say was it cost versus education versus, you know, because you got to sign off on this honor code. Yes. Right? And the honor code is essentially the reason why you got kicked out. Yes. And I worked towards being able to go to the school. I had to go through the process of meeting with my bishop every right. couple of weeks, doing the work. The percentage wise, I want to say like 70% of it was cost. Right. Um, The other, going to school at a church school was very little. It was 5%, 10%. And then the rest was getting my education because right. that was very important to me. Nobody else in my family has gone to college. Right. So were you bought into the church or the standards of the church when you went to school there? Do you feel like that was a big part of it? Because you have to, because I'm trying to understand the honor code. I didn't, I didn't go to yeah. BYU. I went to University of Texas where we had total freedom whoop, over whoop. our lives, <laughs> you know, at the age of 18. When yeah. We were adults at 18. And so this is something I want to talk about today because this is complicated. You're going in and you're buying off on the honor code expectations. We don't have to get into all the detail of that, but some of the some of the expectations there really keep you rather young, yeah. like maybe eight or nine or so. <laughs> and yeah. you're 18, 19, 20, and you're going all the way up to 27, they have control over you or what you're going to do. Right. Yeah. We'll pass that, but only one part of it is 27, which we'll talk about. But yeah. Yeah. Um, At the time, I honestly didn't think about the honor code. I was already kind of living the honor code. I wasn't exactly up to par as other people in East Idaho who go to BYU Idaho are. Um, I lived in a family that wasn't very Mormon as per se. Um, It was more I was going to go to school there. I was going to finish as much as I could, get my journals done, get out, go to church there. when I got to the school, I ended up going home every single weekend to work here in Idaho Falls. Um, so I ended up staying here in the weekend at my boyfriend's family's home where I was living because I was going to work. So I went to church with them and it okay. kind of caused issues <laughs> with um, I had to speak to my bishop in Rexburg about that. 
the whole situation. Oh, okay. So so you had a bishop here and you had a bishop in Rexburg. Yes. Because your official um, living situation was in Rexburg, according to the school at this point. Yes, I had an apartment in Rexburg. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, so you just stayed with your boyfriend on the weekends with his family on yeah. the weekends to work. Yeah, I was living there beforehand. And then because it was close to work and home, that's where we stayed over the weekend. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Okay. So when you when you signed up to go to school, did you like read through the honor code super thoroughly or did you just kind of like click it and sign it? And you were well, like, well, I I'm read sure be fine. through it, obviously, because yeah. any contract you send, you should right. look through. I obviously probably didn't look through it as much as an 18 year old would. Um, I did read through it. I know I went over the rules with my bishop at the time and I was like, OK, yeah, I can do this. Right. And I clicked it. So did you hear any rumors from other people in the area talking about how strict they were about it? Or did you not really know how strict it was until you got kicked out? The hardest part was while I was working at the store that I work at, girls would come in from UIU Idaho very often. And I'd ask them questions because I was going up there like, hey, is it really as strict as they say it is? I wear leggings every day if I'm not at work. Um, do I have to go to church? What is the, and everyone's like, oh, I wore leggings to class. You know, it's fine. Um, just make sure you're following most of the rules. Um, with church, you have to go to your home ward. I mean, sorry, the ward that they assign you in Rexburg. And I was right. like, oh, okay, I can do that. I can do that. We'll be fine. Cause I, I wore leggings, you know, and they said it was good. And I was like, I'm not worried about church. Like I went. So, right. Yeah. That makes sense. I think a lot of people, um, so there's actually lots of colleges that have you sign some sort of honor code, but no one actually takes it super seriously. And you sign that like you won't drink or whatever, but then people always do that and the schools don't kick them out. They are just like, Hey, cut that out. You know? Um, so I think a lot of people, when they go on, they're like, Oh, it's probably not that serious. They probably just want you to sign it so that you're promoting good living for other people or you're making other people comfortable because, you know, you're living with people who are LDS and some of them might be very TBM or just very strict in the church. So you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Um, but then it turns out that that's actually not the case. So, um, so when you moved into your apartment in Rexburg, did, were the other girls understanding of your situation? Like when you started staying with your boyfriend, did they really care? Did they, I've, I've lived in some apartments where girls are like, we don't care what you do. We're not going to tell. And then some of my friends have lived in apartments where it's like, we're going to tell on you if you do anything, please don't do anything. So what was kind of your, your experience with your apartment? Um, with my experience, we had girls raging from 18 to 24. Um, in the beginning, I was straightforward with them. I was like, I'm coming from my boyfriend's family's home. This is a situation I was in. I, it wasn't a choice. It was a decision that had to be made. Um, and from that point, they were understanding because I honestly wasn't at my apartment very often. I was there to sleep. I went to class, went to work, went back to sleep. I was at the library most of the time. So honestly, my roommates and I didn't get very close my first mm -hmm. semester um, just because I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I was paying for an apartment just to sleep in it at night because of work and school. Um, my second semester, I got closer with my roommates and they were the most understanding people I've ever met. And they understood it except for one of my roommates who got in trouble for not going to church and she pointed me out to the bishop like she doesn't go to church but the bishop told her we have an understanding she goes to church at her home ward so right. i just had one roommate that kind of had issues my first set of roommates i didn't very get close with i guess right yeah were you surprised that she was that interested in you to want to talk to you about it yeah she honestly 
the bishop kept showing up at the apartment saying, hey, you're not going to church. She was very much a homebody to our apartment. She didn't very, she didn't go to classes very often and she wasn't going to church and the bishop would always drop by and she went up to the bishop and was like, well, Loki here, she's not going to church either. But the bishop and I had talked multiple times about right. me going to church in another ward in Idle Falls. So she didn't understand that, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's kind of silly. but um, Okay, so so you're living your life, right? You've got everything sorted out. You're doing school. You're doing work. You're living with your boyfriend on the weekends with his family, not like in an apartment with your boyfriend, right? I just want to clarify that. Oh, yeah. So the situation, he was in two levels lower than me in the far back room. I was two levels upstairs across the street. Oh, not across the street. Across the <laughs> hall from his parents' room. So there were rules set in place. We weren't allowed to be together alone, um, like in our rooms. And we had to be in bed by midnight and there was no laying in together. There was rules set right. in place. And so they were, were they LDS or just very strict parents? Oh, no, they're very LDS. Okay. Yes. So, okay. Um, okay. So then tell us what happened from there. Like what, what, how did you get kicked out? Who found out? Who told? Tell us about that. Okay. So long story short, my fiance now. He has an older sister who came back from remission six months into our relationship. Um, she was very nice. Um, I moved in probably six months after she came home from her mission. I started working at the same place she was working at. Um, we ended up having relationship issues with her. She got very jealous of me being around the family, being in the house. She got married a year ago. And she still had problems with me being in the house. So were you just like really close with them? Like, did you just work, oh, yeah. fit in really well? And that's why she was jealous. Yeah, we were dating six months prior to her being home. So I got very close with the parents because obviously their daughter's in a whole nother state. Um, so we were going to dinner. We were having really close time. She came back and she was like, there's this girl in my spot. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So it was good in the beginning. And then she just slowly started having this. I don't know, anger towards me about the situation. She never really came up to me about it. She would talk to her parents about it, to my fiance about it, um, but not to me. So I thought things were fine. She got married and I was her maid of honor. I planned her wedding, her bridal shower. <laughs> right after her wedding, she... So did she pretend to be your friend? Like, was she fake to you? Basically. Yeah. I thought we were friends. I really did. Oh my um, gosh. So you were really involved in her life because she's being very passive aggressive with you. Exactly. Like she's just friends and then behind her back, she's talking. Yes. Talking and how easily could it have been fixed for her to just approach you and yeah. talk to her? It was about a very manipulative situation. I would say um, she would tell her mom, hey, can we go on a walk? And during that walk, hey, Loki's being this way towards me. And I wouldn't know about it. But then it finally like clicked because she would ask my boyfriend at the time, now fiance, hey, can we go on a drive? And she would just go off about me. And he would be like, hey, talk to her about it. Talk to her about it. Let's be adults. You're 23 years old. Um, so it just, uh, she got married and she cut us off, me and her brother. She wouldn't come over to the house if we were at the house. She would sit in the driveway and wait for her parents to go out to her. Um, that's when we kind of realized that there was a problem. And we just kind of, I guess, avoided each other for a really long time. Did your fiance or boyfriend at the time realize that there, that was happening? Did his parents talk to him about anything or was was this all swept under the rug and it was very much swept under the rug growing up in his household from what i understand um it was very much about his sister she was older 
he was kind of the bad boy of the family. It's just the two of them, so it's going to go one of two ways. She was a very good straight-A student. They were both straight-A students. Um, but she liked the attention. If he got it, he would get mad. She would get mad, tell her parents. So honestly, what their parents say is that's his sister. That's how she's going to be. You know how she is. Right. So they just excused her behavior. Yeah, all the time. They were like, you guys know how she is. And that's how everything went anytime. Yeah, that's so really there was productive. really no communication in the family talking about problems or situations, sitting around the dinner table, Sunday dinner. No. No one's talking about problems. His family, you are not allowed to speak out of emotion. They have told me that multiple times. I grew up in a family where you yell at each other until you're over Mm -hmm. it. You scream, you yell. In his family, if you speak out of emotion, you are saying something that you don't mean and you shouldn't say that. I personally got in trouble with his parents for speaking out of emotion to his sister after the whole situation. Wow. Okay. Did his parents try and parent you? No, they were, they were, I don't know how to, what the word is. They were just parents to me in a way of making sure I was okay. I was paying bills. I was taking care of all my bills. I was just living there. Um, But they, hey, what do you need? Is there anything you need? They weren't trying. I didn't get grounded. I guess you could say that kind of parenting. It was more, hey, is there anything you need? Just remember. Just like accommodating instead of parenting. Yeah, like remember you and Jackson. Jackson cannot be. (laughs) 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 You guys can't be alone together. Just watch yourselves. Um, So it was more of that way. We were friends with the idea that, hey, you guys are in charge. I'm living in your household. So respect. Did, Did they expect you to follow the honor code rules? by curfew and other rules that the honor code talks about while you live there? They weren't strict about that. They didn't mention like honor code rules in the household. Um, They understood we had to be home at midnight, in bed at midnight. That was kind of that. But it's not based off of the honor code. It was based off of their household rules. It's always been that way. Um, So they've never had an issue with it. They knew in high school that I had drank alcohol. I had partied in high school. So they knew that about me. And they knew what my family was like. So there wasn't like any dishonesty towards each other. It was just an understanding and I respected them and they respected me. Okay. Well, that's good. That's, that's really good. Um, I think it shows a lot about your character as well, that even though all of this was going on, you didn't really realize that there was anything super wrong. I think you seem like a very positive person who just loves people and you didn't even know that all this was going on behind the scenes and she was really mad. And that sound, that to me seems like you don't get passive aggressive at other people in, and it is, you can tell me if this is wrong, but you seem more like a um, confrontational person. And yeah. I, I actually love confrontation. I don't, some people have, think it's such a negative word, but it's just so much more, so much more efficient to just get your feelings out and then move on. Exactly. And so I think that, you know, I think a lot of couples struggle with different parenting and passive aggression or confrontation, and they have a hard time kind of trying to find their communication flow. Um, have you had that kind of problems with your, with your fiance? 100%. He grew up in a family where, um, there was not a lot of, there was discipline. You got grounded. They were not, um, spanked. They were not, they didn't really get yelled at. Mm -hmm. It was more, you guys know how you're supposed to be in my family. I was abused obviously, but there was still very strict rules. It was yes, mom. Yes, dad. Every single time. Um, and my family, confrontation was a big thing you yell at each other until you get over with it and his family like I said before 
don't speak out of emotion. So do you find yourself getting in conflicts with your fiance where it's kind of like that, where you're like upset and yelling and he's like just listening and then like, well, you shouldn't speak out of emotion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, just recently we had that conversation where it's hard for me to understand where I'm supposed to be at with my emotions in his family. Like, am I supposed to step towards their plate or can we both understand each other in that way where I can be confronting? And if you guys don't want me to let me know, but don't, they just speak behind your back about things. Like if they feel something, they don't talk to you about it. Right, yeah. This is going to be an issue in your relationship with you. Yeah, continue. So you know, I mean, oh, yeah. you guys need to be having conversations about that now. We don't have to get too far off. Yeah, yeah it's but. been three years, and it's we've been working through it, and things are really good between us. Right. Okay, so tell us what happened from there. So at this point, your, your soon-to-be sister-in-law, if you will, is you know talking behind your back and you don't really know what's going on. She's cut you off. You haven't spoken to her since the wedding, I'm assuming, like around yes. that time. Um what was the next thing that happened? Um, the next step basically was us not talking. And then in September, so semester ended in July, September, I get a phone call from the school. Hey, I need you to meet with the honor code administrator, the president of the honor code. I'm not sure. Um, and I was like, okay. And I went to work that day and my fiance's mom is the manager of the the work, the store. Um, and I was like, Hey, I've got a meeting tomorrow, you know, with the honor code office, I think it's because they probably think I wasn't going to church when I was, so we'll have to go through right. that. I ended up going to the meeting, sitting in the room, and there was a notepad on this man's desk. And in on the notepad, it said my boyfriend's sister's name on the very top and a list of accusations. And I sat there. <laughs> How discreet. <laughs> and, and he ended up grabbing it thinking like I didn't see it um and he was like well there's been an accusation that you have been living with your boyfriend and I was like okay yeah I have been I'm not gonna lie people know my roommates knew my bishops I was like yeah I have and this is why I grew up in a rough house my mom wanted me to pay rent there was three bedrooms seven people in one apartment they offered um long story short he was like well also you've been drinking coffee You've been spending, quote unquote, alone time with your boyfriend and you haven't been attending church. I was like, who said that? I was like, where did you get this? And he was like, well, I can't give out information. I just know that this is what you've been accused of. And I was like, okay, I have drinking coffee in the past. My bishop and I have gone through it. Yes, I may have drank in a little bit, but not like every every day. That was the accusation of drinking coffee every day. And I was like, no, that's not true. This is the truth. And he was like, well, you still know that this is against the rules. And I was like, yes, I do understand that. And then it was, you're spending alone time with your boyfriend. And I, I was baffled because honestly, it's been my boyfriend, me and his parents in the household. So who would have said that? We had an understanding. Um, and it was just a list of things. And I was like, I've been going to church in Idaho Falls. Ask the bishop here. Um, and he goes, is there a bishop's name I can call? And I was like, okay, here's this. Wrote it down, gave it to him. And I said, I've been going to primary with my boyfriend and his father teaching primary classes. And I was baffled. I started crying. I was in shock. I had well, yeah, <laughs> because you were going in thinking it was just about the church thing. And then all of a sudden you see her name and you're already hurt, right? Because yeah, you thought you were friends. And I know these are going to be lies. These right. are lies, straight up lies. And I, I was very hurt. It was a really hard day. I was so, I, when I get angry, I cry. Mm-hmm. I was so angry. I walked out of there and I was shaking. I was probably shaking for the next two weeks. Um, I called my mom and I called my best friend. And I told them what was happening. My mom was like, sit there, relax. Cause I don't want you driving 45 minutes back home. It was a hard day. It was a really hard day. 
Um, my boyfriend was at work at the time. Um, so I was like, your sister just did this, you know? And I was scared because I was like, what if I'm accusing his sister of something that didn't actually happen? Like, mm-hmm. what What if I saw something that wasn't there? Like, I kind of was like, did I imagine that? Yeah. Because just the angst that's been happening the last few months beforehand. Right. Um, we ended up getting back to Idle Falls. I told my boyfriend about it. He called his parents and his parents asked us to meet with them. And I was freaking out because on the phone call, they were like, is that really what Loki saw? Did Loki really see that? How does she know it was Jackson's sister? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I was scared. I was like, Jackson, they're going to think I'm lying. They're going to take your sister's side. And I was so scared. We ended up going to his house. And the first thing his dad said was, I know. He knew about it prior to it happening. <gasps> And didn't tell us. How did he know? She would go and talk to him about it. Like, hey, I want to turn in Loki and Jackson. I feel like this is how I feel. I went to a counselor. My husband gave me a blessing and said that I should speak to this LDS counselor who counseled me to turn them in. So you talked to, they talked to an LDS therapist. Was it LDS services or just the therapist? I don't know. Some therapist. Okay, somebody, right. Okay. I don't believe it. I honestly thought it was an excuse to for her actions, but my husband gave me a blessing, and the blessing I was told to go see a counselor for my problems. And the reason she went to the counselor was to fix her problems with her mom because she was having problems with her mom because she was spending time with me, not with her mom. So they were having issues. That was the point of her going to the counselor, but apparently the counselor told her to turn us in. That was the hardest thing. I did not believe it. Yeah. So mm. you think that was the dad um, in favor of turning you in? No, he told her to talk to us about it. And hey, are you sure you want to do this? Um, so was so when when he found out, do you think he was a little surprised? Like he thought she was going to talk to y'all, and she didn't. She just went. Or do you think she was like, I'm going today? And he was like, okay, thanks for telling me. The turning point of all of this is in the household, there's Polaroids. One of Jackson and I, one of his sister and her husband on the fridge. Apparently, our Polaroid got put over her Polaroid picture, like on top of it. And she came over, saw that, and she exploded. So she thought she was replaced? That was the turning point. She thought that we did that, that we put our photo over hers on the fridge, and that was her turning point, and she was gone. So she she really felt like she was replaced. While she was on her mission, she got replaced by you. Seems like the mom and the dad were okay by you being in the house and taking her spot. That's what it looks like. Yes. You do you agree with that? I felt like I wasn't taking her spot because they were still talking with her, and they would always talk about her, and I wasn't there all the time. Like, I wasn't there for that six months that she was on her mission in the house i was with my mom at the time so when she got back and a few months six months later i started working at the same place she worked at she quit because i started working there it just started adding up and i thought we were fine (laughs) i was i'm just trying to understand her motivation so is her motivation because you replaced her in the family is her motivation from the school does she get special benefits from the school no, I think or? I think her motivation is that she's just really a, a, a tension seeker, and she was not. Super she was sharing the spotlight, jealous, and it made her jealous. No, a hundred percent. And I think so there's. Jealous. I I'm not gonna put this in the podcast, but I think there's some weird thing going on with her and 
Jackson. Jackson. I think she has some weird affection for Jackson because that's what I would think if this was all going on. Okay, so... We can put this in, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, okay, no, okay. No, no, yeah, I, I just I, don't want to offend anybody no. from her family and get you no. more in trouble with them. That's all. The <laughs> weirdest thing is I thought we were fine, but occasionally we would speak to each other and she would be like, you know, Jackson is bipolar. What? I was like, what? And his, okay, so his best friend passed away. And That's he was awful. going through emotions and stuff. And whenever he would do something wrong, his parents were pretty lenient because of what he was going through. And she came up to me and said, hey, can we talk? My brother, I think he's bipolar because he's just going through these emotions. And do you see how the way he reacts to things? And I was like, what? And I never told him she said that. I did not want to cause contention in a family like that. But I was like, the guts, you have to tell me that. And she also told me, hey, do you love Jackson? Or do you love what my family does for you? Oh, my God. Wow. She, oh. she straight up told me that in the kitchen one day. And I, I was baffled. I was like... I love your brother. We want to be together right now three years Right. if I didn't love him. So is she basically saying that the money that your his parents are spending on you by letting you stay there, were you paying rent there or were you just I, staying I there? I was not. I was no not paying rent. rent, no. Okay. I offered. His parents would not take the money. So it wasn't a stress for the parents. The parents sound like they were affluent enough to be able to take care of you and him. They were very well off compared to my family. My okay. family, bottom of the ground in a whole debt their family has a bmw they have two extra rooms in their house they're well off so they're it not, wasn't so, a stretch for them no and that no. would be a terrible act for them to do that by helping you out while you're going to well because i'm sure they knew your situation and they they loved you because they knew you and they wanted you you know they knew you were going to yeah. be a part of their family eventually so they were just trying to help you out yeah it took me a month to decide to move in with them because i did not want to use them i did not want to seem like this girl who meets this guy, moves in with the family. Gold digger, essentially, hey, is what she yeah, called Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, so after all this happened, actually, in November, we finally spoke. Um, we had gotten text messages. So this is two months later. So yeah. September, she accused you. You went in. Yes. Okay, now this is November. So um, November, we actually spoke in person. But end of September, I want to say October, her husband was texting Jackson and I saying you guys need to stop acting like this. You guys are acting like she's the problem. You guys are the one breaking the rules. And I gave her a blessing and we've been through the temple, just this huge long text while we were on vacation randomly. Um, and we were we didn't respond. We were like, this is ridiculous. Like, why isn't she talking to us? At the time she had not talked to us. She has not apologized. So November, she texts me and says, hey, we need, it's been a couple months, we need to talk. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's been a couple months, so now you want to talk. We ended up going to Wendy's, her husband, her, Jackson, and I. And the conversation started really well. We had come to the point where the decision was, hey, we kind of stopped talking to each other after you guys got married. We kind of went separate ways. We're like, yeah, we did. What happened? She looks at me and goes, I hate you. I was wow. like, okay, explain to me why you hate me. And her husband is sitting there saying, no, 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 we don't need to get into this right now. We got to go because they were on their way to another state. And I was like, no, I need to know. Well, why did she say we need to talk if they only had a 10-minute yeah. conversation? Yeah. Like, no, hello, this like, is what it's about. I, I was like, help me understand. And her husband was telling her no. I was like, she's crazy. But um, <laughs> she was like, I feel like you're stealing my life. 
And I said, you feel like I'm stealing your life? And she goes, okay, I have three reasons. Number one, I feel like you're flirting with my husband. And the way she pointed that out was, I'm not going to use his name. So let's say Jeffrey was his name and I was calling him Jay. Mm -hmm. She said, oh, you're calling him Jay. You're flirting with my husband. And I laughed so hard. (laughs) I don't like her husband. He, you're like, keep him. <laughs> he's lazy. I don't like him. Yeah. Um, we got close to the point where I was calling him Jay, for example. Um, but I never, I was like, I've known your brother longer than you've been married to your husband. So I was like, there's no way. She was like, example number two, you stole my job at the store we work at. And I said, you left for summer sales. Your mom offered me a job. I took it. You came back early from summer sales. She's like, sorry, my grandma died. And I was like, I, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. And she goes, I came back and you were supposed to quit. And I was like, I'm According not going to. According to who? I mean, yeah. Was that an arrangement? I was planning on quitting like a year later just because I didn't want the contention. But she came back. She was only out for a month. Oh, wow. And I was like, I just got a job. I don't want this on my record that I just got a job and I'm quitting because my boyfriend's sister doesn't like me. Right, yeah. So I was like, you quit. You came back and you talked to your mom and said that you wouldn't work with me and then ended up quitting. I was like, I didn't steal your job. I was offered a job. I needed a job. I took it. It was fine for me. You had an issue. Um, Problem number three, her example. <laughs> she, I got a wedding invitation from her best friend. And she says, who do you think you are? You're not her best friend. And I was like, everyone gets wedding invites. Right, yeah. Um, at this point, I was I was livid. I was like, these are, I was like, hey, you are making this stuff up to get mad at me for some reason. It's just excuses. Yeah. 100% she's just jealous. And she, I, I bet she went on her mission thinking she'd come back this icon because she went on a mission and it didn't happen. And then you were there and her family loved you. Her brother loved you. You were working, you know, whatever, all these things. She's just accelerating the situation in her mind and making it way worse than it actually is because she just wants the spotlight and you took part of it. Yeah. Um, the unintentionally. Worst, yeah. The worst part of that conversation that I will never forgive her for, she has no idea what my background was like. She had no idea. She's never mm-hmm. asked me. She said... You are mooching off of my parents. And what makes you think you can do that? She goes, apparently you have issues with your mom. So why do you go on vacation with your family if you don't like your family that much? And she goes, so what makes you think you can move in with my family? And I literally told her, I was like, we were moving house to house growing up. We were getting evicted every year. My dad was abusing us. You never cared to ask me about that. So you have no like room to judge me right now because you have never heard the word no. Right. I was just hurt. I well, was... and lots of people from dysfunctional families still spend time with their families because blood is blood, period. Yeah. Right? Family's family. It's important. So that's kind of a weird thing to say, saying, why do you go on vacation with them if you don't even like them, you know? Yeah. And she called me out and was like, you're using my parents just because they can the give you things that your family can't. So this has really been devastating to you and your relationship to the sister, obviously. What has it done to your relationship to the parents? Um, we are not as close as we used to be. It's been almost a year since everything happened. And they, after everything, just took her side. They kind of felt really bad for her. 
I sent her a nasty text message <laughs> when it all I happened. like that you can admit that, that it was nasty. Oh, I moved out for a week when it happened. The day it happened, I came back to their house. It took me an hour to pack all my stuff, and I left. I had nowhere to go. My best friend who lives out of state, um, her parents told me that I could come live with them. But back to the point, the relationship with his parents has been very hard. Um, I feel like they don't trust me. When we feel like they don't spend time with us anymore, they don't invite us to dinner. Um, it's just hard because his sister is always over at the house. And for the longest time, we avoided them. And now it's come to the point where we're done avoiding you. We're adults. But everyone's personality is very different. His parents don't look at me when she's around. They don't talk to me when she's around. Um, my boyfriend, he's always been kind of like the black sheep of his family, and it's just been worse um, just because he realizes what his sister has become and how she's acted towards him, and his parents don't see it. They can't see their own child being a certain way. They, they said that. They said, it's our child. What do you want us to do? So has it's been it, hard. Has it impacted his ability to trust them or to trust you? Um, it's been hard, not for trust, it's more trust on his parents' side. Um, it's hard for him because it's his family. And his whole life was based off of family. And he's not upset anymore about getting kicked out of school. He's upset at the fact that his own sister turned him in. So he got kicked out too. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot Back to up. mention yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. He, my boyfriend, he got a call day after me, went in. They kicked him out as well. Okay, I have a question. Did his, did he go in and talk to his bishop and get endorsed, and the bishop endorsed him? Even though the did that bishop know you lived there? Yeah, I was going to primary, and the bishop saw me every sacrament meeting. Like I knew his bishop. Did the same bishop endorse you and endorse him? No, my bishop at my mom's ward had endorsed me because my records had not been transferred over to his ward yet. So because I was there for short. Three, three, because because the mom's three house, bishops. your. Boyfriend's parents' house, or fiance, and Rexburg. That's yeah. three bishops. So all three of them knew the circumstance of what was okay. I, I'm confused about that. Help me, help me to understand. How does this work? I honestly am not sure. My mom's bishop knew everything about my family, the issues, and I told him, hey, I'm moving in with my boyfriend. This is why. And he was fine with it. I was going to church at his ward with his family, and his bishop was fine with it. My boyfriend got endorsed. My boyfriend, his bishop has been his bishop his whole life almost. Um, so there's two pillars of the honor code. There's the school and the bishops. Either one of them can kick you out. Yeah. And the others cannot refute each other. So if the school kicks you out, the bishops can't be like, wait, that's wrong. And if the bishops kick you out, the school can't say, wait, that's wrong. It's that's like the whatever either one says is done and it's over so if the school knew which they did obviously and they kicked you out there would be nothing that the bishops could have done at that point yeah um it's but, all but I, I still don't understand you still had three endorsements from three separate bishops giving you permission to go under the expectation that you're living with your boyfriend's parents i think what happened yeah i think what happened was that the sister poisoned the school and told them all these lies and they heard all these wrong things and then she was like oh well that's not true but it was too late they had already heard it and they had already believed it exactly and i wasn't gonna sit there and be like oh yeah i'm not living with my boyfriend you know right i'm not gonna lie about it i was not 
I did not feel like I was in the wrong because right. I have not lied about it. We have not done anything wrong. I. So did I just, they kick you out for like sex? No, was they, that they never said the word sex. You are spending alone time with your boyfriend. And I was like, okay, so help me understand this alone time with my boyfriend. We sit in the living room and we watch a movie. We don't spend alone time in our bedrooms. And what baffles me is I knew it was his sister. So I was like, so if it, it, I was like, if it's his sister, she doesn't even live at the house. And he was like, I can't disclose any information. Which was basically saying yes. Yeah. And I, it was just baffling to me because he was like, I wish I could do something for you. And I was like, you could. You could look into this and help me out here. I was bawling at this point. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you understand where I'm coming from, right? Like, I could not go back and live with my mom. There was no way that could happen. There was three bedrooms and there was like six people living in the apartment. Right. Um, I was sharing a bed with my mom. I didn't have any room. There was no way I was going back and living with my mom because it was just, it was too hard. I was paying utility bills. I was paying grocery bills. And then she wanted me to pay rent. Well, I guess what they wanted, they expected you to do was just full-time live at Rexburg. Yeah. And they said, is there anyone else you could live with? And I said, no. And they kept, he kept asking me, is there anyone else you could live with? And I was like, there's no one else I can live with. So maybe at that point he was thinking, if you move out, I don't have to kick you out. But since you were like, well, there's nowhere else I can go, which is still ridiculous. Yeah. He was like, well, then I have to kick you out. Yeah. But he didn't say it like that. He actually got frustrated after a little bit. He was like, okay, well, you're still breaking the rules. You signed a contract. This is where you stand. And I, I was, I was, I the, couldn't deal. The alone time with the boyfriend really confuses me because LDS culture is very marriage um encouraging and pressuring yeah but they don't want people to spend alone time with their significant others in order to progress a relationship Can you exactly explain that to me because you're, you're in high school in high school everybody spends alone time with their boyfriend or girlfriend it doesn't make any sense it, even if like let's say you're time. going to a restaurant and you're going to be in public you're going to be in a car so period, you're yeah. going to be spending alone time with your significant other at any point. I think they didn't want to use the word sex because while I was living at well, the a scary house, word, right? While I was living at the house, um, Jackson was in the shower in the basement and I was in the living room in the basement and we were talking to each other and her husband and her came over. They would always drop by the house without anyone knowing. They were upstairs and they thought that we were in a shower together. So they probably told the owner office that you guys take showers together. They accused us. They sat down with us and they were like, oh, so you guys are showering together? And so we're like, they no. Asked you that. No, they, they were slight comments. And then I was like, no. Um, and... While we were talking about her um, at the time, she had gotten married and she got a call from the school saying, hey, your address and your husband's address is the same. They didn't know that they got married at the time. This is baffling to me. So her and her husband got married. The school didn't know that they had gotten married. Their addresses were the same in the system. So they came to Idle Falls and they said, hey, Loki, it's going to show on the school record, this was before school started, it is going to show on the school, school record that you and Jackson have the same address. Do you want to use me and my husband's address on your school account so they don't catch that? Oh, wow. So they so had... They were trying to give you a way out. They were way. trying to give us a way out and then ended up turning us in to six months later. So, because well, your picture was over her. So, like, why would she not turn you in, right? 
It that's obviously that's you the, telling her that she's less than that's you. That's the hardest thing is that wasn't us. Like, why would we do something? I'm, I'm going to put my And why would you? You know what? The right. thing is, is that she is so petty. She thinks you're that petty. Mm-hmm. Because when people are a certain way, they think everybody else is the same. So she thought you were being so petty to put your picture on top of hers. And she was like, well, then I'll be petty and I'm going to turn you in. It, that's oh what gosh. it's like around his sister. I... That nasty text I sent her, I told her she was a narcissist. Well, you don't know that. You don't know that. Okay, I don't know that. It was just an anger accusation. Yeah. And I called her that, and she was like, how many selfies do you post on Instagram? (laughs) And I was like, a lot. (laughs) I mean, I just got out of high school. Yeah. Um, But I sent her a very nasty text message, and I think that kind of hurt my relationship with his parents. The, the, the bottom line, I hear her being really sad and very hurt mm-hmm. based on you replacing her in her mind. And that's not narcissistic, by the way. That's that's being a child yeah. of parents and believing that someone else has moved into your spot while you're on your mission. So I think the narcissism is the fact that she wants all the attention constantly. When she doesn't get it, she get, throws a fit. Maybe, that, to me, is a little bit narcissistic. Her, in, may, maybe. Right. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, I never was like, it, it was like a factual thing. I was just angry. At we're not time. diagnosing her. P.S. No, That's, we we're, just, we're just <laughs> we're just brainstorming. And, and the thing is, is that there's a pretty girl living in her house with her brother. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's, we can take this out. I don't know if there has something to do with that. You know, girls are jealous of other girls yeah. based on looks and all that crap. Right? Yeah. So was that a factor, do you think? I think so. Image is very important to his family. Um, his mom and his sister would always argue about who was skinnier. His mom gained weight for his sister because his sister got hurt that her mom was skinnier than her. Oh my god! Like it's an these actual are, these issue. Are issues, this these is are issues. They that's create, an actual issue. It in creates family. anger. It creates anxiety. It creates depression. Yep. It just does. The yep. fact is that the girl is extremely insecure, and I don't know where the insecurity comes from. But probably from I, that though. Prob- I mean, well, no, but it, it was before that because because she came and, back angry. She was angry immediately. She was, she in high angry. school, she was the same. Her parents, when we sat down and talked with them about the issue, they said we had to talk with her every single month growing up that it is not about her because she didn't have a lot of friends, they said, that were girls because they would always fight. And they had to remind her, it's not about you, just remember. And they would always say that because she would always get jealous. So that's always been something that they've told us. Well, and that's another reason why I think it's a little bit narcissistic that every issue that she sees in her life is about her. Anything somebody else is doing, it's about her. Yeah. You know? but, but narcissism is a different deal. Okay. It, it is. I, I would call it basic female jealousy, okay. anger. I'm learning. Uh, resentment that you Me guys too. have with each other. It's always competitive. Girls are very competitive with each other. Fair. I'm not, but okay, I've seen it. <laughs> I grew up with brothers. I, I, I've only I think most men are, are competitive with each other, mm. especially for attention. Yeah. And it sounds like that you were getting attention from her parents, and that really created a lot of fear inside of her. And I'd say a lot of anger. She sounds like she's a very angry girl. Yeah. And, does, and probably was angry before her mission. What, we could just speculate a lot of stuff. I don't want to really get yeah. into that. No, yeah, my, right. my thing about it is, is that there's a lot of projection of that anger onto you. Uh, because it seems like that you replaced her in her family. It's what it looks like. Yeah, and that's been a constant issue. They had another girl at the workplace who needed a house, and they let her come stay with them, and she would not have it. She would not have it. She hates this girl to this day, and it was the exact same issue. It's just so sad. I feel so sad for her because it just sounds like the girl needs a hug. Like I, I don't. She. I feel like you know from what you've said. She just needs more love and support in her life. 
in order to foster a better image of herself and of her relationship with other people. But there's also this issue of, of not speaking, not talking in the family. Right, passive aggression. That, that there's not really an open, honest communication about how people think, feel, or believe in the family. And so things are swept under the rug, and then people act out their emotions. Maybe why the dad's coming around saying, you know, if you're acting out an emotion or speaking your emotion, that's not the best thing to do, and to be more logical and pragmatic about it. Yeah, it's uh, not just the dad; like it's the mom too, right? It's both of them. Yeah, the dad is is the go. calmest man I've ever known. I've ne- I've never seen him angry. I've never seen him yell. He he does everything. He will do your laundry. He'll clean the house. He'll cook. He's that man. I've never crazy. It's just there's a lot of issues between the mom and the daughter. They've always had issues. So, which is interesting because they couldn't they couldn't see why you'd have issues with her and put that aside since y'all's relationship was a bit strained after this thing happened with y'all. Yeah, it's very strained right now at the time. And you're getting married when? August 29th of this year. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. you have an angry sister-in-law, a future sister-in-law. How is all that going to be handled? (laughs) Um, Actually, so we got engaged Easter. Um... In the apartment. <laughs> it was very sporadic, spur of the moment. Um, we weren't going to tell anyone until we got our engagement photos so we could have those. Um, but we told our families, obviously. We were on the phone with Jackson's parents at one point, and Jackson's mom had said, Loki, does your siblings know about this? Because I want to tell uh, Jackson's sister about this. And Jackson goes, yeah, Loki's siblings know. And um, Jackson's mom says... So why can't I tell your sister? And Jackson says, she's not invited. Oh, my gosh. And they were actually on their way to dinner with them. And Jackson's dad was not having it. He was like, so she's not even going to get an invitation. We're like, no, but if she shows up, we're not going to kick her out. Like, it's not that big of a deal. We're just not inviting her. Um, Jackson's mom. Well, because if you did, you'd be supporting the passive aggression, right? You wouldn't be confronting the problems. We're just not close We've never been very close, and she's never supported our relationship, and it's just going to turn into a negative celebration instead of something happy. Right. Well, and that, I think, would make the jealousy even worse because women look the most beautiful on their wedding day, and that right. could catalyze a, pro- a problem. So that you are absolutely justified in not wanting her to come. Yeah, and I've just thought of a list of things like her dress isn't going to be modest because she got married in the temple. We are not getting married in the temple. Mm-hmm. Her dress isn't modest. How much money did she spend on this? I bet my parents paid for all of this when in reality we're paying for our entire wedding by ourselves. Right, yeah. But um, during the phone call, Jackson's mom, we were on FaceTime, actually. She started bawling. She was shaking and bawling, and she hung up. Um, We haven't talked about it since. Um, It's just this silent This is what, can I just say, this is what happens in a passive-aggressive relationship. None of the feelings get talked about. No one's dealing with it. And you just push it down. You bottle it. You bottle it. And then when something drastic is being told to you you have a crazy reaction because it's too much your bottle is full and her bottle was full and it popped right and she was just bawling over something that she probably if she was a confrontational more open person about her emotions and concerns wouldn't have been had such a bad reaction she probably would have been like well i really think you should invite her and that kind of hurts my feelings right yeah she was bawling um and then they didn't wouldn't talk about the wedding with us for a month um they just recently offered to help a little bit with his tux rental and they said that the bride's family is in charge of everything else um so it's been hard like just they don't want to be a part of it it feels like so where are you guys living now we have our own apartment um you have your own apartment after you got kicked out of byu you moved out 
his house. It was a couple months after we got kicked out. Um, We were looking for a really long time. And his sister, when we talked to her, pointed out, you guys are mooching off mom and dad. And we were going to prove them wrong. So, because they, we, this isn't a fact, but they would always ask for help. And we don't know what it was for, so I don't want to name anything. But they would always come over and stock the pantry and just raid the house for things that they needed. And we pointed that out to them that they would stay for dinner and uh, raid the pantry and leave. They wouldn't spend time with the family. Um, So they were like, you guys are mooching, blah, blah, blah. So we were looking for before this talk and we ended up finding an apartment and we've been living there for since December, January, excuse me. So So after you got kicked out of school, you got left left his house, right? Yes. Got kicked out of school or was kicked out of school first? So we got kicked out of school. That day I moved out for a week, came back. We were living there for a few months, and then January and then, we moved out. Oh, okay. And then you've had an apartment together since, since January. Then. Yep. Yes. I'm sure it's much more peaceful than that. Oh, it's completely – it's across town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it was hard because the dad and mom invited the sister's husband to come help us move in um, without us knowing, and we told them no. Because we just, we were past the point of being angry, but we didn't want them to be a part of our, our personal lives. Like, right. they don't need to know where we live. They don't need to know how much we're paying in rent because they asked how much we're paying in rent. Um, and we just didn't want them, we don't want them part of our personal lives. They, we're not angry with them anymore. It's just, we're living two different lives at this is, point. Is Jackson, is he sad about that? Is he hurt by that? Was he close to his sister when he was young? Did he is he upset about it now? Um, I think it hurts. I think it hurts him. Um, he doesn't show his emotions obviously very much. Um, I think it just hurts him because his family has been so close his whole life. Him and his sister have not been super close at all. They mm-hmm. very opposite people. Um, but they're still siblings, so they oh still God. love each other. He's always told me if my sister ever needed me, I would be there no matter what. But I'm not gonna involve her in our personal life if I don't have to. Well, and I think it's <clears throat> it's important to know, and Chris, you can tell me if I'm totally wrong on this because I'm not a therapist, but I think when within familial relationships, it's important to do whatever you can to improve them and to work on them as long as you're being realistic. And if it's affecting you and your relationship, it is 100% fine to separate yourself and just like he said, We'll do anything for them. We're going to be service oriented towards them and be a part of the family as little as we can because we still love them as people and we love them because they're family, but we're not going to hang out with them. We're not going to involve them in our wedding. I think that's, that was the right decision because I think a lot of people think that family is end all, no matter what you do, you got to get in there and you got to fix it. But sometimes there are just too big of personality differences and too big of issues that can be conquered. Yeah, we moved past the point of avoiding them because we would avoid them like nobody's business. I would get really bad anxiety when I would see her. I I just have bad anxiety and I would shake when I saw her. And it was just a bad situation. Um, But we've moved past that and it's just, we love you guys, but in no way have you guys supported us. Right. Um, So you guys do your thing and we'll do ours. But if you guys ever need us, let us know. Right, And we still talk to them. Like, we go to family events, and we'll say hi, and we'll be cordial with them. But we're not going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, we got our apartment, and we got a puppy. They didn't know we got a puppy. Um, What kind of puppy was it? He's a golden doodle. (gasps) And it's just, (laughs) we're not going to sit there and be like, oh, when we try to have kids. 
hey, we're trying, because they're trying right now, but we found that out through his mom. You better <laughs> like, not get pregnant first. <laughs> <laughs> we, we weren't allowed to get married the same year she got married. We were supposed to get married the same year that she got married. That was the plan. She told oh. us and the mom, they are not allowed to get married the same year as me. It's my year. So Year? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's really selfish. I mean, that's, that's, that's obviously that, selfish. That's, that's, that gives you a general idea it, it of helps, how it's been. Yeah. Um, so we've just kind of moved past it, and it's we're just trying to live our lives and be as good as we can. And with the church stance, we don't go to church anymore. I'm obviously not going to BYUI, and neither is he. Um, we still believe in being really good people, and we believe in most of the church ideas it's just some of the rules and the way that they handle things we don't support so we don't go to church but what we always have talked about is the difference between being a good person and being a person who goes to church because here in southeast idaho if you go to church you're automatically this good good person but there's so many good people that don't go to church and i feel like it's just small-minded people um, in the area. Did it, did it put you in a faith crisis or what did it, what did it do? Um, it was really hard for me because I obviously didn't grow up in a very spiritual household, but I still was more spiritual than Jackson. He, mm. he was having issues beforehand. His best friend passed, his grandma passed, and a little baby he knew passed in the same couple years. Wow. So he just has always had issues. Um, and I, we were doing so good when we were in Rexbury actually he was like look you guess what I learned in my religion class this is the coolest thing and I in the two years that I knew him at the time have never heard that come out of his mouth Mm -hmm. guess what I learned in my religion class this is so cool about church never have I ever seen that side of him and he was growing while we were up there and then as soon as we got kicked out he just didn't see the point because why would he get put in a situation like that where all these bad things were happening after one after another, I guess? Well, and also, do you think a big factor of that was the fact that his sister said, well, I had a blessing and I was told to kick them out, basically? That was my issue. Mm-hmm. She was using church as a backing for her wrongdoings. Right. right. And I don't agree with that. You cannot use the church as a backing for being a bad person. And you think you're a good person because you've been through the temple. You went on a full mission. That doesn't make you a good person. I understand mm-hmm. it makes you more spiritual, but your actions and your words are completely different. Oh, she used the church to manipulate you. It's it's and spiritual extortion. It. Uh, that's the part I don't understand. If the mm-hmm. church bought into it and there's no... Well, the school bought into it. The school, school bought, bought into, into it. it. Yeah. school bought into it. Or that guy bought into it mm-hmm. with the honor code office. He bought into it. And then there's no investigation as to whether or not there's any facts to it. It's just the, he'll go with the accusation. So whatever they accuse you of, then you're automatically assumed you're guilty. Yeah, and I gave him the bishop's number. I said, call him. And so then talk to him. To do that. Yeah, and I haven't heard from the school until this, the last couple, month. I've been getting emails asking if I want to reapply. And what are your thoughts about that? I'm not going to go back there. I've already been in the situation where I felt like I wasn't doing something bad. And I got kicked out for it. I wasted two semesters. Only, I want to say, two of my classes transferred over to my new um, school. So I wasted two semesters of college, and so did my fiancé. And it, I, we feel like it was kind of a waste. You're right, yeah. 
because we got nothing out of it. Like, yeah, we were becoming more spiritual at the time, but our schooling, which was very important to us, none of it counted. None of his classes transferred over either. Well, BYU is really hard to transfer out of and use the credits for. They, they, the way that they do it is very difficult. Like, you can't even transfer to BYU with BYUI credits. Yeah. Because they're, abs- they're a different curriculum, so it just doesn't work. So it was the hardest thing to try and just restart our lives. Well, I think it's worth saying that um, I don't know if they told you about the process to get back in once you're kicked out. You do have to completely reapply as a new student, but also you have to write a letter that I think has to be like 3,000 words about how you came to Jesus and you changed the way that you were and that you've repented and uh, also a signed letter from your bishop saying that that's true. Also, if you get kicked out for alcohol, whether it was one time or whatever, they make you take AA for a whole year. Or they'll make you take sex addiction for a whole year. It's just to try to rehabilitate the situation, even if it wasn't a dire situation. It's very, so I'm sure that even though you weren't going to go back, if you would have found that out, you might be like, oh, this isn't worth it. Never mind. I'm just going to go I, to a different the school. The question is, what am I repenting for? Right. I'm right. repenting for finding a home to live in. And I'm repenting for finding a family. Mm-hmm. To take care of you. Like, well, they could have easily, easily called his parents and been like, What's going on there? And they would have been like, we have very strict rules. They live on th- two separate floors. They are not allowed to be alone together, you know? Exactly. Like, it was the most baffling experience that I've ever had in the church. The most baffling experience. Because you assume in the church that everyone is going to see good, you know? Like, I felt like I wasn't breaking commandments or, yeah, the honor code. We were living together, but I was honest about it. I was not lying about it. Right, my bishops right. knew about it. I felt like right. I wasn't in the wrong because my bishops knew about it. They approved of it. I was going to school. I was going to church. What was I doing? I had good grades. He even pointed out, you've got good grades. It looks like you're doing good. So the problem is you're breaking the rule. So the honor code officer, what is, what is his position? Uh, he was an administrator, like the president. Of, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, there's a there's a higher up person in the honor code office who will talk to everybody's case. So one guy that chooses for the whole school. One guy yeah. that chooses for the whole school. It is not a committee. Wow. It's one person. Oh, that's amazing. And they always say they use the spirit. But if they would have, they would have known that it wasn't. Yeah, right? I was embarrassed. I was bawling my eyes out. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's like a trial. You walk in and you're like, what is happening? I feel like you know? I got caught but I didn't get caught mm-hmm. I just felt like wait was this like a test like oh she's gonna tell the bishop and then she's gonna get in trouble for it you know like I was so baffled at the whole situation and so was my fiance he had he had finally come to Jesus quote unquote mm-hmm. like he'd finally started seeing the good things of the church and then he was like wait this isn't good we were doing good. I was doing good. This is the most I've gone to church my whole entire life, basically. And we got kicked out. What, what, what's confusing to me is that if you get disfellowship and you have a bishop's council, there'll be the bishop and the two counselors there and maybe even the executive secretary and possibly even the, uh, uh, the probably the executive secretary. Okay. Or somebody from the state presidency or is usually there, they, too. It, but that's if they, if they go that far. But... So there's a ward council that mm-hmm. they can have with those three guys or four guys. And those four guys will, will uh, talk about it and then come up with a decision. If it goes to the state high council, so there's six guys on the state high council plus the state president and the first and second counselor. Um, and there'll be a process to be able to go in to a 
disciplinary counsel for excommunication or disfellowship. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's lots of people involved in that process. Uh, so there's not just the accusation. There's a process to be able to keep a person in the church or uh, out of the church, right? But in your situation, you have one person getting, getting one accusation and one person made the decision whether or not you could continue going on with your education at that school. And spoke against I, three I, bishops. I, too. And, and I guess this is what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's very unjust that you were kicked out of school. It baffled me that they didn't look into her loss, like, wow. oh, what's the relation between, like, who is this girl? Because obviously she's got a different last name, but on the notepad it was her former last name and her new last name. So I was like, did they not see that this is his sister? And why would a sister be turning in her brother? Why wouldn't you look into that? Because that's more personal than some random person or a roommate turning you in. Well, they glorify narcs. They want exactly. people well, to tell them. Oh, yeah. Is it, is it, what is the benefit here? I, there's There's got to be some type of a benefit to the school, to her, to someone to have one person basically be in charge of your destiny, your your Education. eternal salvation, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Not not as far as getting kicked out of the church or whatever, but as far as your, your direction for going to school there and being involved in the church and doing all the stuff that you were going to school for, and they're kicking you out with one, one guy's making that determination. Well, I'm really surprised. Well, and it's, it's about the education, too, because she couldn't take any of her credits with her. So it's like a big choice that it's he made by deal. himself. And no, I was getting no good grades. I was doing so good. I was so excited, and everything ended. But there's no I wasn't committed prepared. decision. There's no, no two or three witnesses that you can make a decision. It's one person making that decision. Yeah, and it, when we spoke wow. to his sister, it was... I feel like a better person. Is it always that way? One person's making the determination for any student? I think it is. I think it is from the friends that I've known that have gotten kicked out. That's what happens. One person decides. So so your bishop has higher authority for you and your, because he's the one giving you the endorsement, but the uh, honor code administrator is the one who can determine whether or not you can stay. They have equal authority. They have equal authority. Mm -hmm. But if one says one, it's it's one a veto, basically. Yeah. Then you're done. Then you're yeah. Out. So how is that just within the church? No, it's not. It's not a good system. It's never been a good system. They were like, they would ask people to come tell. If your roommate's doing anything, come tell us. And they still do that. They say, hey, if you see anything going on, let us know. But also in that, it says talk to the person that you're narking on. Right. She never spoke to us about it. And she just went and did it. And... It's just the culture because she, what she told us is she felt like a better human being by doing that. It was her duty by knowing what was going on that she had to turn us in because it was making her feel guilty. That's what she told us. That was a lie. Like, <laughs> it might not have been. Making you it might not have been. Guilty. She really might have convinced herself that that's what happened. But I mean, in my mind, that's so. That's. Uh, so that's I, what the culture is in the church is you feel guilty because you're not narking on somebody yeah, when you don't know the full truth, but you think that something's going on. So you have to tell. Them. I think that, you know, I have a friend who got accused of shoplifting, having sex in a room and something else that was silly, never shoplifted in her life and is a virgin. And the, luckily it didn't go through. She didn't get kicked out. Um, I guess they investigated it because she begged them to. And 
her parents got involved and all those all that you know but i think there should be negative consequences for people who lie who come in and if it's proven wrong they because i think a lot of people get angry at somebody and just turn them into the honor office because they just like that happened there she's justifying it saying i felt guilty but the fact is she felt angry and wanted revenge she was petty yeah right it it's very vengeance that she got appears to me so if someone lies and it's proven wrong I think they should be penalized 100%. I agree. And it's baffling to me. Like, okay, kick me out. If you have an issue with me, talk to a school about me. Why involve your brother, mm-hmm. who is your blood, who Well, I you still love? don't understand why they kicked him out. Because he was living with his parents. So that's appropriate. But it involved me. He was... Well, you guys were alone, right? You were taking we showers were, together, we were, apparently, oh yeah. according to we her. We were taking showers right. together. Right. I guarantee that that's what she said. She said, we caught them taking oh, shower and together. and he got the exact same accusations as I did. So not going to church, drinking coffee every day, and being alone with his girlfriend. So he got the exact same accusations, and that's why he got kicked out as well. So it was the exact same thing. And he, I don't even know if they looked into her being his sister. No, I guarantee they didn't. They don't care. Like, oh, maybe there's some issues within the family that right. they should take care of before we make this huge decision that would actually take an for two people's lives. That would take an investigation yeah. and collaboration of information. But we're going to be... There's no collaboration of yep. information. It just goes along with... Wow. Yeah. That, that is such a dangerous school. That's a dangerous thing. Well, let me tell you something else. I had a friend who it's got dangerous. kicked out, and she didn't have any family ties. Um, and she begged them not to kick her out because when you get kicked out, you lose your housing. You have 72 hours to move out. Yep. And she was homeless. She was crying, begging them like, cause they make you pay the rest of this. Did they make you pay the rest of the semester? Yep. They make you pay the rest of the semester. So you're out all this money. She had nothing. And she was like, I will be living on the streets. And they did not care. They were like, live on the streets. You should have followed the rules. Yeah. So how is that a Christ centered approach? Exactly. Right? There's a difference between going to church and being a good person. Just because you go to church does not mean you're a good person. And I feel like there's just that idea and drives me insane in this town. And I'm it's not going to say it's just here, but maybe it's somewhere else. But still. Well, well the culture is a lot worse here. Crisis thing mm-hmm. Because it, it puts you in a position to ask yourself the question, is the church really true? Yeah. Is right. the school, is the policies the school are pre- presenting uh, that are promoted by the church, is that really, how does that really come together for you how does that did it really put you in a position where you gave up i know you're not going to church right now yeah. but you are okay with some of the ideas about the church i think it was did, just did it put you into investigation of the church yeah it was i had to sit there and speak to tons of people i spoke to my old bishop who's not a bishop anymore who endorsed me at the time and i said i don't understand this what is it that makes people think that they can use the church to do things like this because we've always been told about agency and you've always mm-hmm. been told about the atonement and mm-hmm. none of that was mentioned in my meeting with the administrator. He was just like, you are doing this wrong. You're done. Well, but- the excuse that they use is that they're using tithing money. So if you want to have really small tuition where all the members are contributing to this tuition, you have to do everything they want you to. Exactly. But and the I, funny thing is, is that if you get a pastoral endorsement and you pay full price, they still kick you out for the honor code. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense either. And I, I had a really hard time with it because I had to redo seminary 
and the seminary workbook that they give you is no joke you go to seminary and it's fun and games and then you do this workbook and it's a pain in the butt it's like 15 paragraphs you got to write like five questions for each of it answer it every day and I had not paid my tithing either because we were um very poor at the time so I ended up saving up money every month putting an envelope and I took it to my bishop with my workbook stuff and I worked my to compensate for, to compensate for oh being able gosh. to go to the school I worked hard for that I feel like and so when I sat down with my bishop after all of this I just I was like how does this work explain to me and he was baffled he was like how did they not offer you anything did they ask any questions I was like they didn't ask me like any more details to what they were told and what I was telling them so this has been very devastating to you emotionally, mm-hmm. sounds like. Yeah, it took so. me a long time to get over it. And at some points, I probably still get upset about it. It took me a very long time to get over it. You um, think you're really over it? I think I am. I It's just hard because I have really bad anxiety. And when, like I mentioned before, when I would see her, I'd get really anxious. And now I see his sister and it just, like, it makes me feel sick. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. She's never apologized for what she did. She does not feel bad. She told her parents that she feels bad. So her parents think that she feels bad and she's trying with us. But she's not and she hasn't reached out. And it's just hard. And it's hard for my relationship with her brother. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to hear any more negativity about it just because he's not an emotional person. And I have to speak my emotions. So it's been hard. Um, we would get in fights about, look, you need to just stop and let it go because she would come into the store where when her mom was working just to make sure that her mom was working and have her mom buy her $300 worth of clothes hmm. and convince her. And then she would call the store and say, is Loki there? Can I come in? Like, And I would come home to our apartment. Even now, like I'd come home to the apartment and be like, um, your sister called your mom and asked if I was at the store so she could come in. She wants that dominance and that control. And, and her mom still and the, her mom still plays the game because even the other day, I got sent home early. She called her daughter, said, hey, Loki's gone. You can come in now. She was waiting in the parking lot in her car. We walked past each other. And it's just it's just hard for me because her parents still play the game sometimes. I feel like it's a game, like I said. Like, I'm using that language just because with his family, it feels like a game sometimes. And you have to play well, into it. What's the benefit it. of that? I honestly couldn't tell you. Are any benefit from it? I always ask the question of, of benefit. Because I think it's just the parents are very serious about like loving their children. They're very, very into making sure their children are taken care of. That's why they never heard the word no, which I I can't tell them how to parent. Um, they grew up very well. And Jackson turned out completely different than his sister. He was paying bills by the time he was 17. He told his parents, I want to pay bills. His sister is still asking for help. And she's married and moved out. It's just very different circumstances. And so I can't judge the way they parent because their kids turned out completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's no way I can say you're doing wrong. Right. Well, I think an, another added benefit is the avoidance of confrontation. I think they really hate confrontation. They want to avoid it at all costs. So they'll just play the game in order to make that happen for them and for their family. Yeah. And it's just the game of who you're around. Mm-hmm. If it's me and Jackson around his parents, it's awesome. If it's me and his mom, it's kind of... It's not as good as it used to be. We still talk. It's just not as good as it used to be. If it's me and his mom and his sister, 
his mom won't look at me. She will not speak to me. She will, I'm out there. <laughs> so it's just mm-hmm. who you're on, wh- what game are you going to play? And it's hard. That does sound really hard. I'm sorry that you had to go through all this madness. Yeah, it's just, it's been positive too. Like it's not all negative. We've grown closer together as a couple. We've oh, matured yeah. like faster probably as a couple because of what we've been through together and how we've handled it. Um, I feel like we've grown in a way where we've got our own place and we're doing great for being 19 and 20 years old. Right, yeah. And we're not asking his parents for help in any way. We go see them. Things are, I feel like, are really good. It's just when it comes to planning the wedding, maybe it's a little bit tough with family. Well, and and not inviting her. I'm sure that's tough moving forward. Yeah. To it deal is with tough. those emotions because they they still haven't confronted the fact that she bawled and hung up the phone yeah they have not spoken to us about it um it's just sad because they used to say that they would bribe us to get married like you guys better get married we'll pay you to get married mm-hmm. and now that we're getting married the excitement is not there right. um especially with his mom his dad's excited his mom i thought that it would be a lot more happier but it's not, and that's okay because she is entitled to her own feelings. How, how's your mom doing and your stepdad doing? Um, so my stepdad yeah. left my junior year, so I don't talk to my... So he is completely out of the picture? No. I mean, yes, sorry, excuse me. He is he is out of the picture. <laughs> um, I haven't spoken to him in three, three years now. Um, three or four years. My mom, she's doing so much better. Um, so we had issues because she wouldn't have a job and I had to pay bills. She's got a job. She's doing good. My siblings are doing good. Honestly, I feel like all of this has come to the point where everyone is doing really good right now. My mom and I are the closest we've ever been in my entire life. And is she really excited about you guys getting married? She's so excited. She started crying. Um, We told her and she started crying and she's so excited because they love Jackson. Um, We spend probably more time over there just because it's a little bit more not as awkward at my house. and it's fun. I have four siblings, and they love him, and it's just fun. And is your mom upset with your soon-to-be sister-in-law about all of that and how she his is. parents ha- handled all of that? Yeah, she. my mom <laughs> is very entitled to her opinions. Um, she does understand their parenting style because it was very strict in my ho- household growing up. And in their household, her opinion is that they got whatever they want. They did get grounded, but they didn't say no to their kids and Mm -hmm. um because of that his sister just thinks that she's entitled to get whatever she wants still at this point in her life um my mom just it's two different worlds it's honestly two different worlds yeah so we were just talking about you getting emotional about this stuff because it has impacted your husband um yeah we were just speaking about that um it's just hard for me to see jackson hurting um, just because it's his family that is the basis of this. It's his sister. And even though they're not close, it's still hard to see him hurting because he is. And he won't show it, but he is. Excuse me. No, he's fine. It's just hard. Because I, excuse me, felt like I was <laughs> the cause of this. Right. His sister didn't like me. So there's problems within his family because of me. And he got kicked out of school because of me. You have to remember that none of this is your fault. 
you were surviving, yeah. right? You were living with them to survive, to work, to be a good citizen, right? And you are a good person. I can tell just from knowing <laughs> you for an hour and a half that you're a good person. And this comes from someone else's issues and someone else's family issues that you have nothing to do with. So you can't blame yourself like that. And I'm sure your fiance would be saying the same exact thing. Yeah, he does. Because we've had this conversation multiple times. Um, it's just hard because his family, his mom and dad are different now. And I feel like we got blamed for getting kicked out of school when it wasn't us. So that's been really hard. It creates a lot of guilt and a lot of shame inside of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shame is you feel like you did something wrong and guilt is your words inside of your mind that are rotating around. Yeah. yeah. Um, you didn't do something wrong and you were bad. I'm yeah. sure it makes you feel helpless too because there's nothing you can do right now to fix the situation. Exactly. And that right now, I just feel like his parents think Jackson's doing what Loki wants because they're getting married and he's a good, he's so good to me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like they think she, he's just going along with what she wants. Like, he probably still wants to talk to his sister. And it's, I, I've told him multiple times, if you want to speak to your sister, if you want that relationship back, if you want that connection, go for it. Please go for it. Mm-hmm. Don't, like, stop on account of me and my feelings because, in all honesty, I don't know if I could bring her back into my life. But if Jackson wants her in our life, that's okay. Does that make sense? Like, when you have kids, yeah, and the cousins want to hang out and go to grandma's house for someone's birthday. Yeah, we've talked about that for the last couple years. Is if we have kids and she has kids, it's going to be a competition between our kids. Oh yeah, because it's been a competition the last three years. Like, who's doing better? Oh, they're paying more rent than me. Oh, guess what? My husband's doing this for his job. You know, it's always been a competition of who's doing better and who's doing what. It's fear and insecurity on her part. Mm-hmm. And how not to feed into it. Yeah, and it's not fair help. for our kids when we have kids. So no. that's a conversation we'll we have. We'll have to see how it goes. Exactly. And see if they grow up a little bit with that kid. You guys are still pretty young. How, how old are they? Um, I want to say his sister's 23, 24, and her husband's 24, 25. Yeah, you guys will grow up and mature a little bit. Yeah. I hope. I know. You know so and what's, to what's to say down the line that we talk again and things yeah. reconnect? Just right now, I don't see that happening. Just the way the situation has happened. Well, you need to keep your boundaries and, and protect yourself because mm-hmm. she's been very violent with you mm-hmm. uh, in a covert, manipulative, jealous rage is what right. it looks like. Yeah. And that has been very, very painful to you. And so it's the best thing to do, the most healthy thing to do is to have boundaries with her to protect yourself. And I, I, I also appreciate that Jackson loves you enough to choose you. Yeah. What's that been like for you? It's been amazing. Um, Jackson has always been there to support me my whole entire, our whole entire relationship. And I've always told people Jackson saved me from this life that I could have had. I could have gone down the wrong path the way I grew up. And I met Jackson and he kind of just like showed me like, let's do this, you know? And he cared for me in ways that I feel like no one else could. And through this whole thing, it's been a very serious eye opener just within our relationship of how, I feel like we're young, like you said, but we've been through so much together. It feels like we've been together forever. Mm -hmm. And so it's just nice to see that now that we're going into the point of getting married um, this fall, that we are on the same page about things and we support each other and we still 
obviously have disagreements, but we can see each other's side. We put each other in each other's shoes, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I think the most important relationship you can have in this life is you and someone you're in love with. And I think a lot of people have a really hard time separating from their family due to somebody that they're in love with. And I'm really happy to see that Jackson is not one of those people that he can see that your relationship with him is much more important and he wants to maintain that even though there's familial stress. Yeah, exactly. And we, we're just going to work through it mm-hmm. no matter how it goes. And it's gonna, I feel like it's going to work someday. I, I, I really think this is a big deal for you. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why is because um, just speaking about your past, we could take this off. Oh no, you're fine. But the that your mom did not choose you, your stepdad did not choose you. It doesn't look like your dad really chose you, and so all along the way, there's been a lot of disconnection, a lot of hurt and sadness, and so much internal pain. And I'm not sure how you're handling all of that stuff. You know, I'm not sure if you got into therapy or whatever. But that would be a good idea. Yeah. Because it's going to have an impact on your life, on your ability to trust. It was hard. Safe in relationships. Does yeah. that make sense? <clears throat> when Jackson and I first started dating, we were friends for six months before we started dating because I, I did not trust him. I had a hard time. He was a playboy in high school. And I um, I grew up in, in, a, in an environment where my grandma never had a, a husband. She slept around. My mom doesn't know who her, who her dad is. My oldest brother got married when he was 19 years old and his wife cheated on him with six other guys. I've never seen, my mom's been divorced twice with two men who were abusive. I've never seen a good relationship. And I think Jackson and I are the first stepping stones of that in my family. We're going to school, we're going to university, we're getting married and it's so good. And honestly, it's hard for me to see what I could have become. And I think we just have grown together so much. And through my past, I could have been different. Yeah. yeah. So. so do you consider yourself blessed or do you consider yourself lucky or both? I think both. Um, no matter what I've been through, I'm, I've got a roof over my head. I'm being able to pay bills. I have a family, my own little family, my fiance and my puppy. And it, I've never been happier, to be honest. Um, it's amazing where... We're so young, but we're we're getting there and we're growing pretty fast, and it's so good to see. It's you, it's so exciting. Do you feel like it was a blessing that you got kicked out of BYU, or is there an opportunity or a blessing here? Um, I think it was a blessing to kind of just grow together as a couple. Um, I wouldn't say it's a blessing for what has happened since. I don't know, like within the family, maybe not a blessing. Within Jackson and I's relationship, it's a blessing. And us growing as people, as adults, mm-hmm. it's a blessing to see the things that you probably wouldn't see if you didn't get kicked out of BYU life. You didn't hear those stories. Um, in the family sense, it's been a really hard situation. But overall, I think we're lucky to be where we're at right now. Because it, it seems like you have a really pretty positive attitude about mm-hmm. it. And I, I do believe that with every loss that we have in life is we need to figure out how to turn lemons into lemonade. We just do. Yep. And, and so there's otherwise we're going to be a victim or a martyr mm-hmm. of the circumstances that have happened yep. to us. And my belief about it is that how to rise out of it and become a phoenix. So phoenix rises out of the depths of hell and it, it becomes something new and yeah. fresh. And that's what it looks like to me. It looks like you're becoming something new and fresh 
and you're wanting to, it's, you're, you're an inspiration actually, Nothing. in my thinking, uh, because you're doing something with it. You're not just sitting back on the on your laurels, blaming, you know, the school or blaming, you know, your. It's easy to blame your soon-to-be sister-in-law, and I hope you can learn how to forgive her and let that go. She's she's gonna have stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you don't have to be caught up in all of that stuff. And really, the process of forgiveness is is one of the greatest things that we can do, which really releases us of the anger, anxiety, depression, and other unhealthy emotions that get in the way, really, of ourselves. And get in the way of the relationship to God, get in the way of the relationship to maybe the church, but definitely in your marriage and, you know, to your kids and, and, in, and actually your in-laws. I mean, there's a lot of things going on here. How to offer forgiveness. You and your husband to talk, I, I think it'd be a good idea for you guys to talk this out with each other and to forgive this girl and forgive your in-laws. Otherwise, that will be a noose around your neck. It really will. Because that, those emotions aren't necessarily going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you could potentially mend the relationship between you and your um, in-laws, the parents. Um, I think maybe that could be something that could actually turn around and go back to the way that it was. Um, That's obviously your timeline. Yeah. But, I mean, from how close you were before, it seems like they're just struggling with their own issues with her and trying to, you know, coddle her a little bit, honestly. And I think that someday they'll come around and be like, you know what? We miss them. We want to be with them again. You know, we want to hang out with them again and just get over it. And I think everybody will just get over it. Yeah. I think we'll hit that point soon mm-hmm. enough. Um, right now, we're just keeping our distance and we're all yeah. still talking. It's just keeping our distance until we come to the point where we meet the head of it and we all speak to each other and we figure it out. Um, I think each of us just need to grow in their own way before we do that. I, I agree. 100%. I agree. I agree. Uh, th- those boundaries are really going to be important. Right. No question yep. Boundaries, 100%. But in, on, the, on your side of the boundary is to allow yourself to think about her differently. Yeah. Because otherwise, that noose around your neck, that, that anger, it just is going to take you down. Yeah. And impact your life too much. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about that a lot, yeah. Because okay. it's just hard for me. Because I've never been so angry at someone, and I can't believe that I got to the point of being so mad at someone um, not even my dad who left me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just hard to, um, I feel like I got stabbed in the back a little bit and it, it hurts more that my fiance is hurting too. And that just makes it sting a little bit more, um, mm. that he has to go through that. I would be probably a lot more fine if it were just me, Yeah. but it wasn't. And just need to grow from that and forgive her at some point. And I think we're on the road to that. We're talking with them and It'll get there at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is not therapy, so take whatever we said with a grain of salt. Well, it could have been my it's therapy. Not, <laughs> it's not therapy. It's, yeah. It, we don't really just talk about things in a realistic manner. Yeah. And that is that is to really look at it uh, with good mental health concepts. Uh, yeah, I can't definitely. Because I can't be a therapist. I don't have a good relationship here. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> it just comes down to we're here to help people out and really get the word out there on complications that happen in people's lives and i appreciate your authenticity yeah. and how real you are yeah you i know, agree and that you're willing to come on a podcast and give and show that part of you um and i, I see that as a step towards your own recovery thank you and guys. i think other people are going through almost the same exact thing very similar things with you know being having a partner and strain within the family and how yeah. you've dealt with it i think is very mature especially for your age um, just by the way you talk, I can't believe you're 20 years old. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but 
you know, I think people can see what you've done and try to do the same thing, you know, maintain boundaries, but keep good familial relationships, things like that. I think it's really impressive. And that's the goal is to help people see that it's not just them. Yeah. So I appreciate that I can be a stepping stone towards that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. We've loved having you. Well, thanks for having me. It's been <laughs> fun to have my own therapy session. Nobody else's. But <laughs> <laughs> no, just getting my feelings out and being able to help others if I can. Yeah, so. definitely. Well, if you or a loved one is struggling with anything similar, please give us a call at 208-403-0135 or visit our website at eastidahotherapy.com for more information.